I've been looking at uh, maybe doing the egg and wine diet from the 1970s. Egg and wine diet. It was a real thing during the 70s. Uh, recommended egg and wine diet. No matter how many eggs you had, you also had to have that equivalent in glasses of wine. And they recommended <laughs> a dry white. So if you had one egg for breakfast, you had to have one glass of wine. And if you had two eggs for dinner, you had to have two glasses of wine. That's the kind of diet that you're so drunk you actually don't remember that you've only eaten three eggs that day. That's the most fantastic diet I've ever... <laughs> I've ever heard of. No, can actually. we do it? Can, can we, we do, do it? it? Can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it but without the eggs? <laughs> <laughs> this is Salvin Love Deluxe. Live on tape from Studio Senseless in Leafy London Town. It's Sour Bee and Love Deluxe. Welcome to uh, Sowerby and Lufty Lux. I'm Brian Luff. And I'm Georgina Sowerby. And today I'm wearing my baseball cap with a big B on the front. <laughs> In case you forget who you are. Uh, which stands for Brian. B. Uh, it also stands for the Boston Red Sox. Okay. Oh, is that where it's initially from? Yeah. You didn't just get a capital letter. Red hat. Sox spelt wrong with an X. I know. We saw a photograph of you the other day wearing your Star Trek hat, which you oh, lost. I did. Oh, oh, that poor hat. You were so you never took that hat off, ever. It was it said T N G. That I don't care about. I used to call it because it had T N G on it, I used to call it my Ting hat. Your Ting hat. And I lost it in a rain sto- rainstorm at the Edinburgh Fringe. <laughs> I've just realised it's good actually. I've noticed that when you wear headphones I can't see your earrings. <laughs> and um, regular listeners to this podcast will know I'm not a great fan of earrings. No. So I've realised now that I don't have to look at your earrings if you've got headphones. This is, on. you only get to see the top third of my face, plus you don't get to see earrings. This is this is how I should always be seen by you i think we should just stay like this all week coming up on salby and luff deluxe a japanese man sees something in the sky that he is unable to describe (laughs) the ghost who smoked a pipe excellent i love a pipe of course georgina's Corridors of Conspiracy. conspiracy. Uh, There'll also be Thoros Walrus popping in and King Charles III... Oh, bless him. ...dresses up as a bear... Oh, nice. ...in Chicago. Nice, nice. But first, matters are rising. Uh Uh-huh. The first matters are rising on the agenda this week, Georgina... Yeah. ...is don't call it chicken jam. (laughs) Okay. Uh, do you want to explain that or shall I explain that? Whenever I make a Sunday roast, uh, you put what I call chicken jam next. What do you get? You take a full savoury meal and you add jam to it. I'm a, gr- I'm a big fan of cranberry sauce, mm-hmm. right? I like cranberry sauce and because you've taken against cranberry sauce that Marie Antoinette yeah because you've taken against it you call it you you refer to it in a kind of derogatory way it is chicken jam and you you say it's jam for chicken would you like me to put the chicken jam on the table would you like the chicken jam and I'm offended by that (laughs) I don't care 
<laughs> I'm offended by it because, you know, what's wrong with a bit of cranberry sauce? Nothing is wrong with a bit of cranberry sauce. Do you remember we went to uh, the Cranberry Bog in New York? I do. <laughs> Those hours of fun. When we were in New York, we were invited for some reason, I can't remember why, no. to go to, some the, PR people, to, go to a think. cranberry bog that had been um, put up outside 30 Rock. Yes. In Rockefeller Plaza. I know. And there was a man in waders standing up, literally up to his waist in cranberries. Yeah. And we took a picture of him and interviewed him for the podcast. Yes, well, it's I, one of what the we didn't things. tell him is that years into the future, I would call his product chicken jam. Can I Can I put in a matters arising? You, well, if you must, yeah. The, you came into... <laughs> in at about five o'clock last night with a little bowl of crisps and you showed me the crisps and went, look how many crisps... I mean, you only get about four crisps yeah, to the exhibit back I. now. Uh, chips for all the Americans. And you showed me how few crisps were in the bowl. Then I went into the kitchen to put the kettle on to make a cup of tea and most of that packet, I think, were on the floor. So I swept all the crisps up that hadn't quite made it into the bowl and I showed them to you and it was indeed about a third and you looked at me and went, that wasn't me. Yeah, about five minutes later I came in with a tub of uh, hummus <laughs> um, and I had sprinkled some uh, paprika on top of it <laughs> and I said to Georgina, I'm having some paprika with my hummus and most of it's on the floor yes. in the kitchen. Yeah. It's just an age thing, Georgina. I'm just, Is it now? Yeah, as you get older you just start to do stupid you things. You just start missing I mean, things, I, do I, you? Only an hour ago I nearly deleted the entire <laughs> inbox on my, on my Hotmail That's account. That's not great, is it? managed to rescue it, but I'd lo- I lost a week's worth of, of emails. See, yeah, that's that's not good. You should be able to rescue all of it if it's a mistake. And, I don't know. I could only res- it only rescued 8,000 emails and didn't rescue the last week's worth. Do you have- so, so anyone out there listening who emailed me in the last week, yeah, forget SARS, it. SARS. <laughs> forget it. You're not getting a reply. No. Uh, okay, one more... Um, Matters matter, arising. One more matter arising on, uh, that concerns Georgina. Um, I've written down gaslighting Brian with a hot water bottle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that about? Well, you go to bed and I always make a hot water puddle and put it in the middle of the bed. Which is very sweet. So you can warm your feet before I come to bed later and I grab the hot water bottle with my feet and move it over to my side. I'm a very nice person. Yeah. What can I say? But the other night I announced, yes, uh, the hot water bottle's in there. And I hadn't done it. It was still in the kitchen next to the kettle. So I went to bed. So you got into bed. It was minus. It was about minus three outside. Yeah, that it was night cold. It was London. cold. I got into bed, and it, after after a while, I was thinking, why aren't I warming up? What's going on here? And I sort of rummaged around in the bed. No hot water. No bottle. hot water. Was, the service around here is crap. I literally strode into the dining room where you were up late watching some stupid true crime uh, program. Yeah. Which you wait for me to go. Bed That's when watch. I consume the rest of the chicken jam just on its own in spoonfuls. Yeah. yeah. But now, I hadn't put the hot water. What I suggest you do from now on is if you really, really, really want a hot water bottle, you know what I'm going to say next, don't you? Just make a hot water bottle. Yeah, it's nicer when you do it. Everything's nicer <laughs> when someone else is doing it. I've got one more quick matter arising which does not concern Georgina. Well done. This is a ge- generic 
matter arising. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm be- starting to become increasingly annoyed by people on television standing with their hands on their thighs. Oh, my word, yes. That's a thing now, isn't it? It seems to be like, spreading... Like, really placed. It seems to be spreading through the media like, yeah. a, like a virus. Yes. People standing, not with their arms by their sides... No. Not with their hands anywhere else, but, p- but placed flat... On, on their the thighs. front of their thighs. The two, now, if it was on the side, it wouldn't be so bad, but it's on the front, and that's what's the, annoying. The two examples that spring to mind are the game show Pointless. Mm. Which, yeah, but they're just told, Which we like. They? And obviously those contest- contestants are all sent into a big room, and there's a contestant <laughs> wrangler <laughs> yes. who tells them the do's and, and don'ts, don'ts of what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's clear that they tell them two specific things. One is start every sentence with the word so. So. And two is... Stand with your hands flat on your thighs, flat on right? Your thighs. So it they looks do natural. it. They do it, but they're not professional broadcasters. But the professional broadcaster, Jeff Stelling, mm-hmm. who is a presenter on Sky Sport, <laughs> is on a promo at the moment, right? And he's standing in the middle of this yeah. vast studio mm-hmm. with both his hands flat on the front of his thighs. That's and he a looks director. Like a, no, it's he a looks director. Like a complete twit. Doing it. It's a director who's told him to do it and it's not natural and it shouldn't be a thing. Well, I can tell you one thing. I'm never going to stand with my hands flat on my thighs. We're both doing it now. <laughs> Coming up next is Flying Saucers at My Pants. Flying Saucers Ate My Pants. Yes, on Flying Saucers at My Pants this, on this occasion, today's mysterious UFO sighting comes from a man in Japan. Excellent. We will call him... Herbert Lom. Okay. Is that a famous actor? Which is, yes. It's coincidentally also the name of an actor who appeared in the Pink Panther films. Okay. Right? Yeah. But as I have to come up with names for these people that Mm -hmm. aren't their real names, I thought this time I'd come up with a slightly more interesting name. Why not? So. um, What did Herbert Lom set the scene for us? So Herbert Lom, not his real name, is a 42-year-old beauty parlour manager. Excellent. Herbert Lom says that he once saw a UFO mm-hmm. and that it was the first and only time such a thing ever happened. Ever. To him. Now, don't forget, this is all being translated from the Japanese. I would imagine so, yeah. Herbert Lom says he never believed that he could have such an experience. But yeah. surprisingly, it did happen to him. It, oh, I'll get, I'll get, I'm okay. translating from the Japanese oh, here. Right. Okay. Yes. Herbert okay. Lom, not his real name, was on the second floor of his house. Yeah. And he says he was casually looking east <laughs> out of the window. Herbert Lom is very specific. I second often, floor, looking east. I often do that, Georgina. Do you look east? I casually look east. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever casually go east yeah. when you, have, you break down? Do you ever casually look east? Um. I, I, no, I tend to look casually south more. Do you I think. even know which way east is? I do. Okay. It's that way. Okay, Georgina. It's behind you. For the record, the sun comes up in that Georgina direction. Georgina is pointing out of the window behind me. And, and I think you'll find uh, that's east. And that is east. It is east. Look, I just wanted to check that you don't, knew. Don't mess with someone who has her Duke of Edinburgh award. <laughs> I know my north from my I west. I thought you said you got lost and had to be rescued by no, a teacher. No, no, that wasn't me. That oh. was someone else. Oh, okay. N E S W. Never eat shredded wheat. So, Herbert Lom, not yep. his real name, caught sight of a white. <laughs> okay. Uh, he caught sight of a white object. Uh-huh. Was, Outside or inside? It was rather big, and he says the shape oh, I. was impossible to describe. Well, try, Herbert. Try. Great, isn't that a great start? 
Something is impossible to describe probably means it wasn't there, but carry on. Herbert Lom says the object rose softly, perpendicular from the surface of the ground. Oh, I think Herbert should be a mathematician rather than a beauty parlour massager manager. uh, (laughs) Hello. At first sight, he thought it must be an airship. Or a balloon. We're back to balloons again. Weather balloons, party balloons, speech balloons. Enough with the balloons. We are looking for a UFO here. Come on, Herbert, you can do this. Please deliver soon, Herbert. Herbert Lom strained his eyes to see better. He could not understand what the object in the sky was. After rising straight up, it stayed for a while at a constant height and seemed to become blurred. Around the edges. Was it a balloon? Our technical supervisor, Alan Benz, becomes blurred around the edges. (laughs) (laughs) After about five o'clock in the evening. When we go to the gay legs, yeah, it becomes very blurred around the edges. Uh, Herbert Lom says the object in the sky then turned into a long oval shape. Right. That is familiar to us from TV or magazines, like a cigar, if you will. A huge, long, fat cigar. It was a balloon, wasn't it? Why are UFOs shaped like cigars, Georgina? Because that so that was the uh, the great big helium ships were shaped like cigars, and I think people have just got that shape into their heads after those. Oh, I've never thought of that. Have you not? No, it you could must be that. have done. It's the first thing that comes into my mind. So it's when people, people going, oh, so when people, it, it was that shape. So when people make up stories about UFOs, yeah, they can't think over and above what they've seen, and they've seen that, so they don't go any further. Interesting. Maybe in future they'll be shaped like vaping pens. Oh, or a pipe. Yeah. I like a pipe. Herbert Lom, not his real name, remembers that soon after he spotted it, his mm. UFO moved... It's not very exciting, this, is it? It moved to the right, <laughs> he says. Hold on. At a fast oh. speed. Excellent, which, Herbert. Which I, was, I wrote down, not useful observation. If he'd been looking at it from the opposite direction, it would have moved to the left. Yes, that's true. <laughs> He's very specific. I like his specificness, but I don't, I don't... So far, this isn't juicing me up. Herbert Lom says it looked like a low-altitude aeroplane flight, but it all happened so quickly, he says, and then the object just disappeared in yeah. a cloudless sky. Was it an alien? Now, he tried to explain this to his wife, yeah, but he couldn't. His wife was having none of it, I'm he, sure. Well, he just pointed out the window with his mouth wide open. Herbert, said, less of the sarky. Oh, less of the sarky. In fact, he says that his wife was annoyed with him <laughs> when he told her. I would be as well. She shouted at me angrily, he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. Come so, on. So if I came in and said I'd seen a UFO, yeah. would you shout at me angrily? I wouldn't shout at you angrily. I'd do an eye roll probably and just go, yeah, right. Well, you're facing east on the second floor because I'm, that happens all the time. I've realised now that when I, when we're doing this podcast, I'm facing west. Yes, which, which is, is very apt. Whether that's good feng shui or <laughs> bad feng shui, I don't know. No. Anyway, by the time Herbert Lom, not his real name, had had it out with his wife, yeah. the object had disappeared. Yes, okay. He went outside with his daughter yeah um, she was probably more forgiving and together they searched the sky yes his daughter was three by the way oh bless so had herbert lom tried to take a photo no did he do a drawing afterwards no No. did he call the police no No. ladies and gentlemen unreliable witness of the year (laughs) 
They all are. All these people who've seen aliens never managed no, to take a I photo. We all literally now have cameras on our phones. Take a photo. I'm more interested in things that are actually in the sky that might be dangerous, like the seagull that protects its nest round here, who dive bombs everyone who goes outside, especially dogs and bald-headed men <laughs> for some reason. More. I'd much rather be looking at the sky and going, where's the seagull? Rather More. than, where's, where's this alien ship? More strange alien encounters next time in Flying Saucers. Ate my pants. Coming up next, words that are nice to say. Sour me and Love Deluxe. The Saurus Walrus is in the studio with me. Hello, TW2. Hello, Georgina. TW2, you sound like you sound like a new railway that's going to cross country and destroy countryside. I don't understand. That no, reference. okay, that's fine. Let's give you your target word. Your target word today is personable. 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 Can you think of any antonyms for the word personable? Um, I hope so. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, this content is. Not really going to work, is it? No. Okay, come up with some words that mean the opposite of personal. Um, disagreeable. Anytime soon. Yeah. Okay. Disagreeable. Uh, repulsive. 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 I love. Repulsive is um, a great word. Mean. Mean. Okay. Unfriendly. Unfriendly. Yeah. Hateful. Okay. Hateful. <laughs> Hateful. Okay, I'm liking um, hateful. Repellent. No, repellent is um, not, yeah. Non-personable. Non-personable. B -b 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 -b. Um, complete bastard. <laughs> I think we should end there. I can't think of T any more. TW, that is fine. Go out, the sweets are in reception. I don't like sweets. If you'd like to follow this podcast on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Sowerby and Laugh. You can visit our website, which is sowerbyandluff.com, or keep in touch by becoming a member of our busy Facebook group, Sowerby and Luff's fully optimised social media network. S-O-W-E-R-B-Y-A-N-D-L-U-F-F. <laughs> They're cute. That's the mice that live under the sink there. They are cute. Still to come on Sabin Luff Deluxe, do pips grow in your stomach? <gasps> Were you told that as a child? A chain of moustaches. <laughs> yeah. Plus, more Don't Bogart the Finger Monkey. And King Charles III says his wife Camilla fancies the coach of the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Corridors of Conspiracy. If you swallow pips from fruit, yeah. do the pips grow into trees in your stomach? Um, or in your body? Now, I've heard that, yeah. but I don't know whether it's an old wives' tale. Mm -hmm. The truth is you can swallow a pip, but your body absolutely digests it straight away. Why are people warning us about eating pips? You see, that's the bit I don't understand. My friend Marcia used to take the apple... And eat the whole apple. And I was always stunned by that because we were always told to leave the core because the pips would grow in your tummy and the tree branches would come out of your nose and ears. So she used to eat the whole thing, yeah, yeah, including and, 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 the skin and the pips. Yeah, the only thing she left was a little stalk at the top. That was the only thing she left. Because the skin's all right. I like the skin. Oh, yeah, no, no. I have no problem with all that, but I used to eat around the core. We should probably do a database, shouldn't we, of people who eat but pips I'm sure and I've, people who don't eat I'm pips. I'm sure I've read somewhere that, that 
if you swallow a pip, then something it will take root in <laughs> exactly. your stomach, and that a small, for example, no. apple tree no. will start to slowly no. grow. In it's your all fa- it's all false. Basically, the acid in your stomach is so powerful that it will get rid of the pip before it even leaves your stomach. Usually, and even if it doesn't, there's no light, there's no oxygen, and no growing conditions for any pip. So any pip that isn't digested by the stomach acids just simply comes out the other end. There's no such thing. But there is a a guy online called the P-Man. I don't recommend you look this up. (laughs) P-E-A. And and I do know from my family that if a a pea goes into your lungs, it can sprout. So it has been a thing that a pea can sprout in your lungs, but you can't swallow a pip and a tree will grow out of your ears and eyes and nose. Okay, I don't know why I'm laughing. It's a horrible thought. It is a horrible thought, isn't it? And do because were you told as well? I was told as a child that if you swallowed chewing gum, that was kind of the end. Were you ever? Not, I remember well, once swallowing chewing gum and thinking, we were, "That's it. I'm going to die." We were told not to uh, chew gum when we were playing sport. And, of yeah. course, when I was growing up, all the footballers used to chew gum. I know the they time. still do. And used to say you could swallow it. And and it will and that will choke you. Yes. Right? Now, football managers, interestingly, <laughs> do uh, chew gum. Yeah. The one who springs to mind is Sam Allardyce. Yes. Right. Big Sam. Yeah. They call him, and he was England football manager for a while, mm. and he chews. Probably looks like he chews at least a packet of chewing gum in every... And, in fact, I was watching American football recently and there was a a coach who was chewing chewing gum. Now, surely the chances of swallowing chewing gum when you're jumping around on the touchline... I always think that. ...or on the bench is just as dangerous as as when you're playing. Yes. No, well, I I agree. And, well, because I did a bit of research into the whole do pips grow in your stomach, because a lot of people still ask it online. I thought it was an old-fashioned thing. But apparently it does come from an old American expression um, that when a woman was pregnant, people used to say, oh, she must have swallowed a watermelon pip. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So a watermelon had grown in her tummy. So they think that maybe that's where it's come from, which is interesting. In the case of Victoria Beckham, she must have (laughs) swallowed a pickled onion. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But there's also a thing that it might stem from the fact that orange citrus seeds, lemon, lime and oranges, etc., do have a small amount of cyanide in their pips. Wow. So if you eat enough of them, you can actually poison yourself and a small child shouldn't eat citric pips. You know when you have a really, really hot curry, um, well, I always put um, lime pickle on it. I know that's and stuff. It's, mm. And you've got to really avoid the pips in <laughs> in, pe- in peppers, right? Because right? they're the, they can the be pips the hot, peppers. They can be the hottest bit. <laughs> right. Right? Okay. So if you and and in the case of some of the the, the chutneys that they give you in yeah. Indian restaurants, yeah, always take the pips out. Always take the pips <laughs> because out because they not because they're going to harm you because they are the the hottest bit of the of the thing. I wonder why it's intensified in the pip. I suppose that's where it's going to grow from. So maybe everything is is intensified. In the book. Anyway, I've never really liked an apple pip or an orange pip, so I try and avoid them, but they won't grow in your stomach if you're worried. So is that uh, corridors, corridors of conspiracy? Corridors of conspiracy! I mean, point of order, you know, whether or not pips grow in your stomach or not, is that really a conspiracy? It's what, it's a it, cons- Yeah, it's a conspiracy it, to me, and I'm mind, writing it. In so, Georgina's mind, yeah. that is a conspiracy. It is a conspiracy. That was Corridors of Conspiracy! Corridors of Conspiracy. 
And that strange echoey little sound, which is a toaster in an echo chamber, <laughs> tells us that it's time for Toast Haunted. Okay. And today's Toast Haunted comes from a farm in deepest, darkest Devon. Oh, an English one. Woohoo! Which, for our overseas listeners, is in the west country of Merry England. <laughs> Devon's lovely. So at the farm lived many generations of a family. Yes. We will call them the Higginbottom family. Oh, come on. I love the Higginbottoms already. Not their real name. Do you say Higginbottom, though? No, I say Higginbottom. Okay. Yeah. Mrs Higginbottom, Mm -hmm. not a real name, once reported that she and her six children often smelt tobacco smoke in the house even though even though no one smoked none of them smoked uh, well, well that's what the kids claim yeah <laughs> waft it out the window all six of the kids probably smoked no one know. will know the 10 year old probably used to go through about <laughs> 60 benson and hedges every day around the back of the bike sheds after school anyway but the children all claimed they didn't smoke no. so where okay. was that creepy tobacco smell <laughs> I should have blamed it on a ghost. Why wasn't I a thinker when I was young? Mr and Mrs Higginbottom owned a beloved horse who lived in the stable. Actually, it wasn't a horse. Was it the horse that was smoking? Actually. Because that would be plumbing brilliant. (laughs) I never thought of that. Maybe maybe it was the horse that was smoking. No, actually, it was the the point of order, right? Yeah. It wasn't a horse, it was a mare. A, yeah. a lady horse. A lady horse. Right? And it couldn't have been smoking because it was pregnant. <laughs> or it shouldn't have been smoking. We'll call the mare Mavis. Okay. Right? Mavis the Had mare Had it was, swallowed a watermelon pip. Mavis the mare was having a baby. <laughs> yeah. Or foal, as Matt Baker would call it, on Country File. Oh, technical. One stormy night when the foal was due, there were complications. The baby horse simply refused to come out and it could not be tempted or cajoled. No. What, they put little sweets at the end of the passage and went, come get some sweeties. Very worried. Mrs Higginbottom rushed to the stable Mm. to be with Mavis, the distressed mare. Mm. When Mrs Higginbottom arrived at the stable, (laughs) she immediately smelt an overwhelming aroma of tobacco. (laughs) So if it's not the, the horse, horse again, if it's not the horse, Georgina, where do you think that that smell think, of smoke was coming from? I think it's where the children go to smoke, and they probably shouldn't because there's a lot of straw there, and they could set a fire off. Well, it turns out, yeah, right, that many generations before the Higginbottom yes. family had a trusty gardener. Ah, we'll call him Old Arthur. <laughs> yes, Old Arthur smoked a pipe. Nice. All I his love life. a pipe. Yeah. And in fact, it was the pipe smoking that finally saw him off this mortal coil. Yes. <laughs> Mrs Higginbottom smelt old Arthur's pipe smoke. Yes, OK. And felt his ghostly presence in the stable. All right. Comforting her. Yes. And calming down Mavis, the distressed mare. Would Arthur have known how to pull the horse out? Uh, well, you see, old Arthur yeah. was what was known as a horse whisperer. Oh, no, and a gardener. Man and of it, many talents. And there's only one thing stranger than a horse whisperer, Georgina. Mm. That's a dead horse whisperer. Yes, true. Old Arthur smoked so much, his friends didn't call him the horse whisperer, they called him the horse wheezer. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Old Arthur lived his whole life on the Higginbottom farm. Generations of the Higginbottom family had been devoted to horses, and every single one of them also smoked a pipe. 
All the horses did. Most renowned was old Grandma Dorothy, Aww. who smoked a long clay pipe. Oh, I'm loving her. Loving every, her. Every Hold day on. of her life. So in this generation, they're all pipe smokers. They're yeah. all... The, OK. Dorothy smoked a long pipe every day of her life for 97 years. Yeah. Her doctor finally told her to give up and she died the next day. Oh. Mrs Higginbottom had never met old Arthur, the horse whisperer. No. He died long before she was born. Yes, but she instinctively knew yeah. that he was there that night mm-hmm. in the stable. With her. Puffing on his pipe. Yeah. There and, to whisper to and the horse. Whispering in the ear of the mare. Yeah. And gently coaxing the little foal out of Mavis's rear end. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lovely image. Ask me what happened to the uh the baby horse, Georgina. What happened to the baby horse? It died. It died? No. More Toast Haunted next time. Coming up next, don't bogart the finger monkey. Don't bogart the finger monkey. A group of men have set the new world record for the longest linking beard chain. Wow. I know. Is so it beards or moustaches? It's, well, it's it's the whole thing. It's the moustache or the beard. So you grow your beard moustache, the bottom half of your face really long, and then you tighten a knot with the next man along, and they've done a chain so long that they've broken the world record. Some people, there's some quite famous people with those curly moustaches. I know, one I of the, do like one them. One of the hairy bikers has got a kind of a little long, curl. I think. Curly I wonder if they take a lot of maintenance my or gr- whether you can just roll them. It's in my family. My granddad had a long moustache that he used to wax at the end. Oh, I've got, okay. a, got a photograph of him. If I get you some wax, will you start doing it? No, that's hysterical. Not. No, it'd be all hard, wouldn't it? It'd be horrible. No, It'll be all hard. I don't fancy that at anyway, all. Anyway, they, 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 they stand in a long... They, yeah, they stand in a long line, they tie them together, and it's the longest line of men attached and, by their beards uh, that there's been. Sh- shall I try and guess how long this line was? In the was? universe. You can, but I don't know, so you'll be... <laughs> <laughs> You'll be there for. Go on, guess. Guess how so long. The, guess how long so the line was. This is was. a very thinly researched item. Guess how long the line was. I reckon the line was about fifteen hundred kilometres. Yeah, <laughs> it was about that. Do you have no idea at all how long it was? <laughs> no, a, a mile, maybe. It's not a mile. A I kilometer? think they were in a pub. No, no. I I reckon that's probably only fifty meters. Well, can I ask you to look that up and bring that information to the next podcast? You can ask me, but I probably because I can't. Do I want to visualize it. I mean, it must be. It wouldn't have made the news, would it? Unless no, it, it broke was, the world record. It, we don't know that the world record before that wasn't just three guys tying their beers together. I reckon do it's we? at least a mile. <laughs> of men joined by moustaches. It's got to be at least a mile. It's no, it's, I don't think it's anywhere near a mile. Okay, moving you on. You will look, look it up, won't you? Yeah, I will. And we will post that on, uh, yeah. on the blog. Yeah, right, I will. Okay. Um, scallops from yeah. the sea, one of your favourite starters. I love a scallop. Scallops from the sea love disco lights. Mind you, we all love a disco light, that don't we? That is one of the best uh, pieces of information I, know. I think I've I'm, ever heard. I knew you would like that because A, you like scallops and B, you like disco lights. Scallops like disco lights. How, do, how have they arrived at that conclusion? Because, because they have discovered a new way of fishing, a fishing technique that involves dropping 
like disco lights, <laughs> down so, to the bottom of the sea, all the scallops gather round so, going, ooh, ooh, So you're ooh, a scallop, ooh, right? Yeah. You're going for a little stroll along going, the yeah. sea floor. With your friend. Yeah. Suddenly you think, you, you say to your friend, <laughs> what, is that, what is that sound in the distance? And yeah. right from the distance, about a mile away on the seabed, we can hear, na, 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 night fever, night fever. <laughs> You know how to do it. It is basically scallops are attracted to the disco lights. They all gather round. Not the round. music, the lights. No, the lights, the disco lights. And they all gather round to have a little bit of a party. And that's when you can gather them all up. So it's a new technique for fishing. But I just want, I think I need a T-shirt that says scallops love disco lights. Is that humane, do you think? No, it's like, <laughs> it isn't really, is it? Because you're going, oh, come to a party, Next, come to a party, exactly. and then you're scooping them up. Next time I'm eating a scallop, yeah, and I do have the occasional scallop yes. when I go out. Think of how it was caught. I'll, Think of the disco lights involved. I'll picture these poor scallops being lured <laughs> towards something that looks like Peter Stringfellow's. Yes, <laughs> Peter Stringfellow. What? That's oh, such dear. an up-to-date reference. Although, I don't, are there nightclubs still? I don't even know. Yes, there, there are, are nightclubs still, Jim. They're just not called nightclubs anymore. <laughs> no, what they, are they called? I don't know. Something I've probably never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Young people just name things yes. differently to our generation. <laughs> a Japanese man. Yeah. Who, oh, another Japanese man. Yeah. Is he called Herbert Lom? He, um, he could well be. It's, hold on. Is he looking out the window to the east? No, he's not. He's not looking out the window to the east, so it's not Herbert. Uh, a Japanese man who married a hologram. Yeah. Apparently that's the thing in Japan. Is no longer able to communicate with it. And I've just thought, isn't that typical? Even a hologram ma- marriage. What, what kind of hologram? It, it's she's just in a. Oh, box. it's a hologram of a woman. Yeah, yeah, it's a hologram of a woman, and he married her. I in think, a box. I think we've covered it in a podcast. Him marrying the hologram, yeah. but it seems like all communications have broken down within their marriage. In that a hologram is, yeah. isn't a physical thing. Yeah. How could you keep it in a box? No, it just looks like it's in a box. It's a hologram. Is it standing on a box? Yes, maybe that's what's happening. I've seen a a photograph of her. Is this a hologram of a beautiful woman? Yeah, she's very tiny. She's in a wedding dress. Hang on. How tiny? She's about this high. For the record, Georgina (laughs) is showing something about a foot tall. Yeah. Right? So how could you have a relationship with something that's A, a non-physical body, and B, is only a foot tall? It's a thing now to marry things that aren't human. Is it? Yeah, it is. You can do it. Because there's a woman... I. This is fact... This is fact because I learned it the other day when I was out and about. I was chatting to a friend and she said that her friend was in a block of flats and she was told she couldn't have a cat, um, but she married the cat and now the cat can stay because it's her husband and not the feline, not a pet. Is that in this country? Yeah, it says no pets and she said this cat isn't my pet, it's my husband. And that's in the UK, is it? Yeah, I think so. Good God. I know. Anyway. The world's going to hell in a handcart. What I was most interested in was the fact that the hologram was no longer communicating. And I was thinking, isn't that about right, that most marriages break down, even if you're married to a hologram, she doesn't talk to you. And is the cat 
that she's this woman is married to. Is yeah. that a, an actual cat or a hologram? No, no, cat? it's an actual cat. It was her pet cat. She was told she couldn't keep her pet cat in her flat, so she married the cat. And now oh. the cat is her husband and she can keep it because it's her husband and no longer a pet. More Don't Bogart the Finger Monkey in the next podcast. <laughs> this might not be true. In the meantime, <laughs> I'm hearing in my ear yes. that King Charles III is in the house. But first, a word from Big Mal. To get exclusive bonus content for this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash studio senseless and upgrade to Sour B and Luff VIP access. Time once again for news from the NFL with His Majesty King Charles III. Uh, it's lovely to see you again, Georgina. I do so look forward to these little get-togethers. Good afternoon, Your Majesty. I, I've left my wife, Camilla, outside in the car with the window <laughs> half open, so, so we don't have long. What's the gossip from the NFL this week? Well, Georgina, word on the street is that the Dallas Cowboys haven't got a hope in hell of beating the San Francisco 49ers in their playoff game. Why is that? Well, my wife, Camilla, says the 49ers of the best coaching staff. Interesting insight. Their head coach is a chap called Kyle Shanahan, who Camilla describes as hunky. Hunky. Yes, Camilla loves a man with a beard, you see. And Shanahan has a very neatly trimmed beard with just a hint of grey around the edges. Any news from elsewhere? I notice you haven't yet mentioned the Chicago Bears. Yes. Last time I was in the United States, I had a rather (laughs) bad experience with the Chicago Bears. What was that? Well, I'd rather not talk about it. Why not? Well, suffice to say, they asked me to become their mascot, and I agreed. Well, surely that's an honour. Yes, but I agreed before I found out that I'd have to dress up as a bear. (laughs) Oh, dear. Luckily, none of the crowd knew it was me, but then I couldn't get the head off and I had to be cut out of the costume with a bowie knife. (laughs) Well, thanks for coming to see us once again, Your Majesty. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're very welcome, Georgina. You know I'm a sucker for big blue eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, His Majesty King Charles III. More royal insight from the NFL next week. (laughs) But now, it's What's the Question, Triv? Penalty Shootout Edition. Now, I always get the rules of this of this game wrong, so mm-hmm. I've written them down yeah. for this okay, podcast. That's good. Right. Here there, are the rules. There are Q's and there are A's. Georgina and I will give each other the answer to a question yes. from Trivial Pursuit. It's not difficult. We have to guess the question for yes. that answer, yeah. and you can play this at home. You can. If we guess the question correctly, we score a penalty. Uh, Now, so far, Georgina has triumphed in one game. I've won a game and there's been one draw. Oh, okay. So it's all square. It's all to play for. All to play for. So what is the first answer, Georgina? Uh, His eye patch. His eye patch. The answer is his eye patch. What's the question? Uh, Where did Bluebeard the pirate keep his rolling tobacco? (laughs) Now, come on. I that's prefer a, that. Can I give you, can I give you a answer. goal if I prefer the answer? Yeah, can you we can. do it like yeah. a QI? Are you calling that a goal? I'm going to give that to you as a goal. 
That's one nil to me. Do you want to know the actual question? Of course I do. What part of Nelson's attire is missing from his Trafalgar Square monument? Oh, is that true? Did you know that? I didn't know that. Because that's a great fact to know, isn't it? I'm a Londoner. Lived yeah. here all my life. Have you ever looked up never, and gone, Oi, no. where's Nelson's R-Patch? No, I've never been up there. Right. You'd have to climb the thing to yeah, actually to see know. that. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Someone did, a, a TV presenter climbed that uh, that column once. Yes. A man called John Noakes I know. climbed uh, Nelson's column. Uh, and the BBC never insured his life <laughs> while he was doing it. Those were the days. And he, and he never spoke to the them The heady after days that. before health and safety. OK, here is your answer, yes. Georgina. OK. Your answer is Zorba the Greek. Zorba the Greek. The answer oh. is Zorba the Greek. What is the question? Um, which famous Greek... No, the famous Greek actor, Anthony Quinn, yeah. is famous for playing what Greek role? Well, Ooh. that's Ooh. that is better than Ooh. what's on the card. Do I get a goal? So just as you gave me a goal <laughs> for an incorrect answer, I'm yeah. going to give you a goal for that. Okay. What's the actual answer? And there's question? a good reason that I'm going to give you that. It's mm. because the actual answer has got a name on it that I can't pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll take one more penalty each. It's At the moment, yeah. it's one all. Okay. Uh, the answer is a prune. A prune. A prune. Okay, a prune. Um, what do I look like if I go out in the sun <laughs> for too long? Um, what does Georgina look like if she goes out in the sun for too long? No, I'll have, no, a, genuine st- I'll have a genuine stab at the go answer. Go on, go on. What is a... Oh, no, what are prunes made from? <laughs> what if are prunes you, made from? If you dry from? out a particular yeah. Um, fruit, yes. it turns into a prune. It does. A plum. What... Is a dried plum. That called. is exactly what it says on the card. That's a goal. It's a goal for you. That's two one, Georgina. Yeah. So you can either lose or equalise. Okay. Now with this okay, next, I'm ready. With the next one, your answer is Mrs. Miniver. What Ooh, is the question? Mrs. Miniver. Mrs. Miniver. Oh, that's it. now. I know that Mrs. Miniver. Was a black and white film. Yeah. I'm not sure who directed yeah, it. Yeah, you're going down the right direction. Um, I think it's sort of late 1930s. Uh, is it? Is it who played the part? No. What was the lead role in the film, Mrs. Miniver? No, I'm afraid. I'm afraid oh. that's the wrong answer, Georgina. What was the correct? Which means that I win the penalty shootout. What was the correct one. question? The correct question was what 1942 film oh, okay. won Best Picture yes. for its depiction of an English family during the Blitz. Oh. There you go. That was a Hold good... on. There was an actual specific... <laughs> there was a specific competition saying which film has the best depiction of a family in the Blitz. No, that's not what I said. I'll read that again. Okay. I said, what 1942 film won Best Picture for its depiction of an English family oh, during oh, the oh, Blitz? Yeah, that was just what it was. Okay, okay. So, Georgina, we've once again whistled and wheezed our way to the end of the, uh, of <laughs> the wanna, podcast. I'm going to go smoke a pipe. Uh, well played, everyone. Good job. Yes, good, good job. Good job. Good job. Thanks to Thesaurus Walrus, the mice who live under the sink, oh. and, his, of course, His Majesty King Charles III. Curtsy, everybody. We'll see you next time. Say bye-bye, Georgina. Bye-bye, Georgina. Sour Beer and Luff Deluxe was written and presented by me, Brian Luff. And me, Georgina Sowerby. The announcer was Big Mal from Denver. Music by Curiosity Shop and Kevin McLeod. <laughs> <laughs>
Technical supervisor was Dame Alan Benz. Thesaurus Warus Jr. appeared courtesy of Skegness Seal Sanctuary. All celebrity voices were impersonated. No mice were harmed during the making of this programme. To listen to exclusive bonus behind-the-scenes content for this podcast, upgrade to Salvi and Love VIP access. This was a Salvi and Love production for Studio Senseless in leafy London town. <laughs> Will you tickle my fanny?